Talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Um, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. Every week uh, we do a podcast about lifestyle, relationships, entertainment, uh, pretty much everything and anything. And there is nothing that is off limits. Nothing. This is the Quick and the Dirty. We have a private investigator with us today. But before we get to that... We need to do the quick. Sandra, what happened in your life this week? The worst thing happened in the world. I don't even know where to start with this particular story because I feel like a a lot of emotions, like there's a lot of shame. I'm embarrassed. I feel like I should change my identity, which I'll talk to Ashley about later. But I'm in the grocery (laughs) store on Friday. And actually, you know who I'm talking about. Remember Katrina, my friend, the cop? You've met her. Yes, absolutely. So I'm in the grocery store on Friday, and I thought that I saw her in the produce section. I mean, 100% sure it was her. So I walk up to her, or who I thought was her. I slap her on the ass hard, and I say, what's up, sweet tits? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So this woman, (laughs) this woman, like in the bean section... (laughs) Like around the coriander and all the weird, which right away should have tipped me off. That wasn't Katrina because she would never be in that section. She turns around with this look of like horror on her face. And before she could say anything, I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I thought you were someone else. And I start laughing because, you know, it's like uncomfortable now. Like my hand has just been all over her ass, you know. And she says to me, you are so vulgar. And walks away, like walk, grabs her cart and oh, wheels that bad boy away. Oh, you got mom told. I got, and I'm just like, I'm, and there's not, like, I was going to joke about it and then tell her off. And I thought, wait a second, Sandra, you're wrong. But then it, it got so much worse because after that indignity, you know, I stayed in that section long because I figured, of course I, you did. I don't want to be like bumping into her. Well, I start working the aisles. I keep seeing her every time we keep crossing each other. So I'm like avoiding (laughs) eye contact. I'm in like the chef boy RD section, like looking at everything. Like it's the most interesting thing. It was awful. It's worse than the I feel like you need like some sort of evil music in the background. I know. (laughs) And then I thought by aisle five, like once I got into the pasta section, I'm like, she might actually think I'm a predator. And like, that was my move. (laughs) I would have left and gone to another grocery store. Are you kidding me? You palmed a stranger's butt and called her sweet tits. Well, for maybe I thought, uh, I, then I felt sad for her, like all the, the range of emotions. I'm like, maybe no one's ever called her sweet tits and she's never really felt the true joy of being called that in her life. Because if, honest to God, Hillary, if somebody walked up to you and did that, you'd laugh. Did you, uh, did you go through the anger stage and the denial? Oh, yeah. the, that was the first emotion I had. Like I was angry at her for being so uptight, like vulgar. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So oh. I was I was shocked that she was my age and she was so uptight. I don't Absolutely. Know, I don't know like like maybe she's religious or something. You didn't want to be friends with her anyway. And she's not your type of person. By the way, her her tits not that sweet. <laughs> oh, Sandra. I would have been like, "Thank you. Thank you for calling me sweet tits. I, I do think they are rather fabulous and you need to turn off your email because Okay, it's sorry cute. about that. Sorry. Apparently, about that. Sandra's so important yeah. that her email keeps going off. <laughs> this, I'm just going to say, sweettits at gmail.com has been emailing me nonstop. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm going to check to see if that is an email. It's not her, though. That's for sure. <laughs> that is so bad. I'm sorry, I don't want so to. I don't want to tit shame her either because now I feel like I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. It was an uninvited <laughs> touch. You kind of are yeah, a I predator. I know. Like, <laughs> I don't. 
I know. There's no coming back from this. I was wrong. You know, I, I couldn't even apologize because she didn't even look like she was open to it. So anyway, <laughs> lesson learned. Before I ever, you know, grab somebody's ass, I'll get a good look at them first to make sure it's the right person. Lesson oh, learned. Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, hey, listen, I, you know, I might palm people, but apparently you're a really bad friend. Oh, I'm the worst friend. Oh, so bad. So we had a pretty busy week last week with the launch of the podcast, The Quick and the Dirty. Yeah. And uh, we were working a few extra hours. I was beat. Like, my body was done by Friday. And I was supposed to take one of my oldest friends out for lunch for her birthday. And I had a headache. So I went home and I sat down on the couch and closed my eyes for two seconds. Like, not to sleep, just to, like, rest them while I fell asleep. Oh, my God, no. Uh, 45 minutes later, I wake up to a, a, a phone call and a text message saying, are you all right? Where are you? What's going on? At which point I jumped in the car, rushed to lunch, and she'd been sitting alone at this restaurant for 45 oh, minutes. No. <laughs> so that like that car ride over must have been the worst. My stomach was in knots. And like we're friends and we've known each other for a really long time, but we're not best friends. Like we we were friends in high school and then fell out of touch and have just reconnected. So as far as she knows, I'm just a big jerk. And she's like an important person, not like somebody on the radio or whatever like we oh, are. Like we're not, no, she's not as important as us. <laughs> no, she, she's a doctor oh and a psychotherapist. <laughs> so so wait a second. <laughs> the worst that happens like with us, we're not that important in that like nobody will die if we're running late. Literally. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Literally, yeah, oh. I am the reason why all of her patients are pissed. She's late for for appointments so, at her office. So she literally, like, the whole day went off because of you? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. 100%. That's a lot I of power, Hillary. I so bad. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have waited. To be honest, I would have been like, screw you, Hillary. You're a jerk. Bye. Absolutely. But she's too sweet. And I thank her for that. But, like, what is the latest you've ever been to something and people stuck around for you? Because that tops it for me. 45 minutes. That's a long time. Uh, honestly, Hillary, I'm never late for anything. I'm anal. I'm early. I hate being late. I hate anybody waiting for me. I just, I can't. Isn't that crazy? No, I think it's fantastic. I wish I could be that way. But for some reason, I'm always late. Oh, my God. Really? I'm a late person. So when I say, Hillary, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll meet you at 10, that really means 10.15 in Hillary time? No, it depends. Like, <laughs> oh, you mean it could be 10.20, 10.30 now? No, 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 no. Like, the most I'm usually late for, like, meeting a friend is five. Once you pass the 10 mark, you're over, right? Yeah, you're over. You're ha- five yeah, you minutes. can leave. But when it comes to, like, things that have, uh, if you can show up around this time, but it's kind of loose and nothing really starts, yeah. I will push it to the very last second. Have you always been like that? No, it's just I have, I get self-conscious and I have to try on 18,000 outfits before I leave. Because <laughs> I always yeah. assume I look like shit. I know. <laughs> I do the same thing when I have events. Like, But the night before, I'll go through the whole self-loathing thing or through my wardrobe and the whole thing. You piece of shit and then whatever. But then, you know, I'll have it figured out by the next day. But you push it right to the end. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Even we if need I to do, do the podcast on self-loathing. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Self-loathing. All right, good. So so it never has anything to do with them. It has everything to do with you. Absolutely. And just like, I think I'm an overly optimistic person. Do you ever get like that where you're like, yeah, I can fit all of this stuff in in one day, but realistically, it's just not possible? Yeah, I'm a mother of two. I get it. (laughs) There's a lot going on. 
Yeah. Like I have like this superhero complex, like you can just fit it all in. Yeah, except sometimes you fall asleep on the couch. It happens, you know? Uh. Uh. Hillary, you're not the worst. And be honest with you, I'd wait more than 45 minutes for you. Ah, oh, that's so sweet. You know what we need to do now? What? We need to uh, talk to our guest, oh. Ashley, because I'm sure she knows people who are way worse than we are, and it'll make us feel better. I uh, absolutely agree with you. I'm so excited to invite this week's guest on, Hillary. I met her, no word of a lie, in a bathroom at an award show. <laughs> I, I had no idea she was who she is. Later on that night, I found out she is a private investigator. Her name is Ashley Shear. She is a private investigator with Private Eye Investigations at PrivateEyeOttawa.com. Ashley Shear. I'm going to try that again. Ash, I was going to call you Ashley Shear. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't have a lisp, so I'll call you Ashley Sear instead. Welcome to the Quick and the Dirty. Thank you. Hillary, let me describe Ashley for you because I feel like she is a real surprise when you meet her. She looks like she's a Charlie's Angel. I can totally see that. Like, seriously. Like, beautiful hair, yes. tight jeans. Yes. Yes. And and do you carry a gun? No. Could you carry a gun? No. Oh, really? Have you ever carried a gun? I just want to know about this gun thing. Like, you know the imagery of Charlie's Angels and one's holding a gun, so that's not you. Not with work. No. Taser? <laughs> can you do a Vulcan sleeper hold? <laughs> Ridiculous. Do you know, I feel that when, when I talk to Ashley, I feel like she's going to consider every answer she gives us because she has almost some kind of an identity to protect in that, like, I don't want to blow your cover or anything like that. Are you worried about that? No, not at all. I'm actually the face of my business, so I'm not too worried about that. Right. So you can't go undercover. <laughs> uh, that's difficult. Very, very difficult for me. So I have employees for that. You yeah. have employees? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so um, how does how how do you become a private investigator? Like, wh- how did this start for you? Well, I used to work in the federal government for a long time, and I was miserable. I absolutely hated my life there. Um, like, what kind of job did you do for the feds? So I worked for uh, TBS for a while, and then I moved over to ESDC, and I did. Um, what do those things mean? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so the Treasury Board of Canada. Okay. And uh, I worked on the Canada.ca project for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, besides that, just admin work and whatnot. Okay. That. All right. I get it. All right. You're. I. I understand the whole federal employee thing. That's. Yeah. That's right. It's a lot of computer work and so on. And maybe it's not fulfilling for everybody. But how? How private investigation? Like how? Uh, I was raised in the intelligence environment. To oh. be honest, that I have to kind of dodge questions on that one but um besides i would just assume your parents had were working in that field they were spies (laughs) so with that um i moved over like growing up i did loss prevention a little bit before uh graduating and i went to uh the northwest territories at one point in time and i worked for the rcmp in a prison and i really enjoyed i also studied criminal psychology and i've always kind of enjoyed the uh darker side of kind of like why people do what they do right um and also what they do when they don't think anybody's watching so um so what you're saying is you're always watching uh, yeah when we're hired (laughs) for it yeah (laughs) that's really unnerving i gotta be honest that's so unnerving to think that somebody could be watching you at any given time oh my god Mm mm-hmm 
And can I be honest, like Hillary, she's in studio with me right now in Ottawa, so you don't have the benefit of watching the way Ashley will look at you. I feel like when you look at me, you're sizing me up. And like, you're like, okay. And like, she's developing a profile right now. Like, seriously, are you doing that? No, I did that a while ago. (laughs) You're late to the game, Sandra. Seriously. She already knows my address, what car I drive, my kids. She knows the story. You know, you probably know my dog's name. Um, Like, there's so many questions to ask when you meet a private investigator. And the first thing is, what is the one thing that most people are trying to hide? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, like, I mean, people obviously hire you for a lot of different things because your website says things like, um, uh, what, missing people, infidelity, corporate misconduct, fraud. What's the one thing that most people are hiring you for? Um, my God, I guess fraud is a big thing in any kind of regard, if it's uh, time fraud for work or if it's money stealing. Um, But right now, I guess 2017, a lot of it has been divorce cases. So that could have have to do anything with uh, custody of their children as well, or if it's infidelity uh, infidelity, or if they are hiding money from their spouse, (sighs) so on and so forth. So divorce is huge. Wow. I can't imagine trying to screw somebody out of money or time with their children just for the sake of doing it like what motivates people to do these bad things or is it just people hoping to catch their spouse in something so they could have their way uh the biggest thing that i've noticed honestly is money motivates people to do the strangest things the worst things really really like Mm -hmm. what well, when it comes to kids, for example, uh, somebody that doesn't necessarily want to have their kid or have full custody, or if they um, don't even want to have, have custody, but they don't want to pay, uh, you know, alimony, so on and so forth, that's something that we notice a lot. Real, like people who, they don't want custody of their kids? They don't necessarily want custody, or they're not considered a fit parent, but they'll fight and they'll hire us to find any little dirt possible on the good parent, just so that they don't have to pay Oh my God, that is like really heartbreaking to actually hear. And it's heartbreaking to see. Yeah. But, you know, and then it doesn't necessarily always end up good for them because we can't catch a good parent growing up very often. And when they do, it's very minor. It's something that we all do day to day. Yeah. It's just, you know. Yeah. You know, an expression I grew up hearing a lot was if you look, you'll find. You know what I mean? If you look, you'll find. Is that true in your business? Uh, 110%. God damn. Hillary, now, what's the worst thing they find often, on you is what I want to know. Uh, you don't want to know <laughs> that. Uh, never mind then. Ashley, I have a question for you. Shoot. Do you ever turn down a client if you don't like their motive behind investigating somebody? Absolutely. Um, I've turned down um, individuals for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's also just their personality and how they treat me or... Um, you know, they talk to me a certain way or they expect me just because they're paying for a service that they're going to get, you know, my time 24-7 or they can act a certain way. Um, but besides that, I get people that hire me for um, um, identity theft purposes and they want to they want me to find records on somebody that they don't actually know just so that they can use either their birth certificate for something or um, I get also people that are trying to track down people from their past that are either now in jail or um, that put them in jail. So, right, because it's yeah. kind of dangerous. If you track down somebody and it ends up putting them in harm, what's the liability for you? Huge. So I always do 
a quick background check on the reason and I ask questions like no other and if especially for missing persons if they're looking for you know family or anything like that I need to know why there's no longer contact so on and so forth and once I end up finding the person which we do have a 98% success rate so of finding missing people or you're good yeah damn if it happens that um we find somebody and there's a particular reason why there shouldn't be that connection between them I will turn around and tell my client that unfortunately we were unable to find the individual so on and so forth um so those are the very small times that I do lie to a client but it's to right. protect the the person in question well I guess once you meet the uh, once you catch up with the actual person then you can ask them questions like why are you hiding from this the person that's looking for you uh, yes, yeah, sometimes we'll do it, um, but other times it's um, like, let's say if they're in what you'd call witness protection or something like that, we're not even allowed to uh, disclose that the individual is anywhere, or I can't even have full contact with them either. So at that point, then it has to go uh, move forward to the police has to take care of it. Wow. So, you know, so what, interesting. It, like, it's so interesting. I never really thought about all the rules involved and how you could be putting people in harm's way because when I think of a private investigator I think of somebody who basically spends a lot of time in their car staking out it's not it's not as uh, romantic or as glamorous as we think is it it's not at all and I do spend all my time in my car oh my god really um, yeah if you were to look at my car right now it's actually not so bad I had my mom in it this morning so I had yeah. to clean it out Besides that, it looks like a fast food truck inside. It's bad. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I imagine it's just cheeseburger wrappers like everywhere. Pretty much. Just smells Starbucks like regret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, like if you're staking somebody out, it's like I see, like honest to God, I obviously I've seen too many movies, but you'll see a private investigator staking out somebody's house and often and I'll go, how do you not see the car right there? And that person thinks if they just slouch down, nobody's going to see them. Like you're an I'd, I'd spot you in a second, but have you ever been caught spying, caught investigating somebody while you're investigating them? Um, okay, so two answers to that one. We have a lot of uh, nosy neighbors that will oh, yes. come by oh, and do the whole yeah, check-in. Yeah, the old ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Who sit at the front window knitting, <laughs> looking for something to happen all day long. Yeah, Exactly. And they're almost watching. So sometimes they'll come out during the winter. They're sweet. They'll be like, do you want to come inside and warm up? Are you waiting for a friend? Anything like that. Oh. Um, so that's kind of cute, but um, it's annoying. As Yeah. As like, what do you say? Expect. It's like, I'm investigating your neighbor. Go back in your house, lady, and say nothing. I usually have to call in backup at that point and be like either somebody bring me a hot chocolate now like I'm expecting somebody or um, somebody needs to come in on the other side of the street or wherever we're parked and I have to take off but um, that's a nice part of having employees and being able to kind of switch around but um, we've only actually been burned by a target once and it was during actual uh, vehicle surveillance and not um, not like parked in front of their house or anything they've all been oblivious to that what do you mean vehicle surveillance? So following them wherever they're going. Oh, they made you? They after. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm in a spy movie. This is fantastic. I I, I I'm like just I... listening. I have nothing to say. I'm just like so enthralled. I know. I don't. I, don't you want to do like a ride along with her one day? Absolutely. I, I will come to Ottawa for that. That is amazing. I know. And so they, you just, they just knew that you were following them and then they took a hard left and that was it. And you couldn't follow them. No, they, uh. <laughs> They had completely a different plan, and it wasn't myself, and I felt so bad for my employee. I bought her a bottle of rum after. But um, no, it, it went 
it went pretty ballistic. They ended up getting into another vehicle and trying to drive my employee off the road. Really? Um, yeah. So people's personalities go from zero to a hundred really fast um, when they feel insane. that they're in danger. But they had no idea that we were investigators. They had no idea why. They just, oh my god, there's been the same vehicle following me for X amount of time. But even then, I like. I think she's a little over paranoid to begin with because um, it was the first evening with that particular car. So I think she's just been, she knows she was doing something bad and right. waiting for yeah, maybe to something, find her. Maybe something worse than you were even investigating her for. Yeah, well, we weren't able to answer absolutely all of the questions because at that point, um, when, when they're putting my employees at risk or at danger, then I just pull the plug because it's just, yeah, it's not worth it at that point. But um, yeah. She could have been doing something a lot worse than we we would have known. But. Oh my god, that's so sketchy. That's what so is sketchy. the um what is the funniest case you can remember? Maybe like the weirdest thing you caught somebody doing or the most bizarre. Or do you not want to say? Is I'm it trying to think? Is it sexual? Like, you can say it, you know. You can say we it. Hear it. Like it's totally fine. Maybe like I don't know, just something sort of random where you thought you were watching them because of something, and it ended up being completely different, or uh, just people doing random things. Like maybe you were following someone, and the next thing you know, uh, they they like they started doing something really gross. I don't want to lead, but like I don't want to lead the story, but I want you to tell me. I don't want yet. Well, you, can you say? Tough. Well, I I'm trying to like trying to think what would be funny. Like I find most memorable case. Then um, you don't have to give us specifics about age or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Well, in the humorous side, during the winter, it's always hilarious watching people try to you know take the garbage out and they land on their ass half the time <laughs> or things like that. I find funny, but I guess they're in pain for a few days after you yeah, watch them limp sucks. on the way home. <laughs> But besides that, on the day to day, there's not they're they're not funny. Like it's not. Yeah, they're kind of boring. Well, I guess when you think about it, Hillary, if someone watched you twenty four seven, like me too, like like really, what's the worst thing that you're going to see? You know, we talked about this last yeah, week. Yeah, we did on actually. the quick and the dirty when we were talking about Katy Perry's seventy two hour right. live stream. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, Ooh. for me, it would be like the moment when the garage door opens and I'm wearing my robe with no bra on and I try to sneak the garbage out and hope that nobody sees me. I would be mortified if you had one of those telephoto lenses on me and you <laughs> took a picture of Saggy McSaggerman right over here. I would die. Like, I'd die. Or even like when you adjust them or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's just or like... Or you do a little it's... scratch. Because <laughs> you know, sly girl, scratch girl, that's not so sly. Girl, girl scratch too. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're disgusting. I, I love well, you. you never scratched yourself subtly. You have to adjust. Like for me, it's like I'm always adjusting my underwear when I think no one's looking. Or if I'm wearing Spanx, I have to roll them back up. Like it's awful. I would hate to think someone had me on a camera or anything. I'd die. I kind of oh. want to follow you around now for a day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> then you'd know where the bodies were buried, Ashley. You can't. So, Ashley... <laughs> As a private investigator, when you're looking into people, how often would you say you find what people are hoping to find when they're investigating? Like someone comes to you and says, I want you to see if my spouse is cheating on me. Like, what's the percentage that it actually is? Like, is it people's intuition? How how accurate is that? Honestly, about 95% of the time, my <gasps> clients are correct. Um, 
Depending though. So on the private sector, when it comes to their uh, relationships, whether it's infidelity, their kids doing something they're not supposed to, whatever the case may be, 95% of the time they're right. When it comes to corporate cases, I'm going to say maybe about 60 to 70% because at that point you don't really have that intuition with employees that you're not that close with. But relationships, yeah, I've only pretty much had two cases where they were wrong. So this is probably a woman or a man saying, I think my husband or wife is having an affair and they weren't? The two people were not. Yeah, they weren't. Wow. But this is a real lesson in trusting your gut, isn't it? It's huge. And even then, like there's those are cases also that I do turn down sometimes because if I'm meeting with a client and they're like, this is what's happening. This is the proof I have. This is like but I want like concrete. I'll literally be like, are you sure you want to see it? And if you do want to have the evidence, just know that like if you're accurate about this much, it could take me less than 12 hours to have the evidence if this is, you know, really? Yeah. So it really depends on the individual. But Yeah. What about social media? Because I would imagine (laughs) that people are pretty stupid and easily findable on social media and online. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) the first thing we always use now is social media. And um, not just us, it comes to, you know, even the federal level and stuff like that. And social media is the first thing that anybody does for background checks for any of that sort. And uh, it's very, very, very easy. And when people think that they've deleted something, well, we can retract what was deleted. (gasps) Um, Really? Yeah, including pictures, comments. Um, If they've done something, you know, dated years behind or back, it's really easy if there's a connection, if they have, um, you know, even if all their settings are set to private. Well, private isn't actually private, is what you think. So, you know... It's easy to, quote unquote, hack into anything or to see whatever it is that I'm looking for. So basically, just don't post anything you're not comfortable with the whole world knowing. Exactly. Or your spouse knowing, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have a question about Canadian divorce law, because now it doesn't matter who's at fault. It doesn't matter who had the affair. Divorces happen and custody and whether uh, how much money each has to pay out to the other. It doesn't really matter who did the wrong. So what's the benefit in having an investigator look at it? If you're not happy, shouldn't you just walk away? Not particularly, um, because there's still, um, unless this has changed in the past year or two, but there's still loopholes when it comes to prenups and whatnot. So if, um, you know, they're legally binded to one another and they want to have a divorce and they don't want to go through the whole, you know, um, money aspect and everything like that, uh, the loophole in the prenup is infidelity. So if you catch your spouse to your spouse cheating, and that's a big reason also um, where people hire us for that. But also if there is custody, if there's kids involved, they want to make sure that whoever the spouse or the ex at that point is with um, or is seeing or anything that aren't into drugs, aren't into partying, aren't to that they're not quote unquote unfit parents as well, because now their kids are involved into a whole other life with other people that they don't know. Right. So you right. say so you say that social media a lot of people give themselves up on social media, but then you do a lot of work in your car. Are you actually catching these idiots red-handed openly having affairs with each other? Oh yeah, definitely. So the majority so we'll do like a, a little quick thing online and we'll check okay well, this is what we have so far and then we'll go out and about and we'll follow them we'll do stakeouts or you know if they're going to a club or a bar or a restaurant or date nights whatever the case may be claiming they're working but they're not um we're gonna be there every step of the way and watching them oh doing wow what they're doing. How, oh wow eh? yeah how many people have you watched have sex 
<laughs> I knew this question was going to come about. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you waited know. so long, Hillary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'll be honest. When things like that happen, I kind of just like to turn a blind eye, depending, obviously, oh, where come it's on. happening. Come on. If okay. they were good looking, you would watch. Don't even. Maybe you picked up a couple of tricks oh along the God. way. Come on, girl. <laughs> Things I'm not admitting. On I mean, air. okay, somebody's having sex in front of you. You're human. You're gonna you're gonna take a little peeky and go, hey, nice moves, nice dismount. You know, yeah, like, wow, well, that is me, terrible. It's being documented. Yeah. But are you filming it? Are you are you taking a picture of it? What is your like? Do your clients actually? And can they want you pictures. leave? So you have to sit there with your telephoto lens and watch and watch and so, take a picture. Unless um, if it's within their home, if it's happening in the bathroom or the bedroom, then no. Or if they're going into and it happens, if they go into stores and they go into you know stalls together and whatnot, then I have to kind of turn a blind eye to that as well but i'll take pictures of the fact that their feet are there and they're in the same stall or the washroom right. and stuff like that but um so you've been in a bathroom let me just re <laughs> recap you've gone into a bathroom where two people are in the same stall together and you go in with your camera and you take pictures of their feet <clears throat> yeah <laughs> Do you take audio recordings? No, that's what I want. No, oh my God. that's illegal, actually, so I can't take audio. First of all, I just want to say I respect anybody who could do it in a stall. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, honestly, I need to be horizontal or this is not happening in my life. How is that even attractive? <laughs> like, like the like, germs and disgustingness. Like, oh. Oh, God. Yeah. I know, right? It's like prison sex. Like, this just feels dirty. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Some actually, people like that. <laughs> I mean, I w either would I. I wouldn't know it all. But that is just, yeah, you're right, eh? Hillary, can you imagine I'm having a sexy affair with some guy in a dirty bathroom? Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> Those things tend to happen more on, um, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, bars, clubs. They go downtown and let loose. Yeah, get into a little too much of something. and Tequila. Yeah. I yeah. want to know what bars this is happening I was thinking cocaine, in. but whatever. Yeah, cocaine. <laughs> Definitely. That is absolutely insane. Okay, so I have to ask this question, too, because my guess is you're in a business that is predominantly male-dominated. Yes, absolutely. Very much so. And you are the you own this company. This is your company, and you have employees. Yeah. What is it like to be a woman in a, this male-dominated business? Um, it's interesting. It's funny. I'll have clients call me sometimes, and as soon as you know, they figure out that I'm the owner that they're talking to. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't expect that. Or um, or they'll actually laugh and they'll be like, seriously? <laughs> I think you'd be more effective because it wouldn't be expected. If uh, someone sees a big burly yeah. guy following them around, they'd be suspicious. But, you know, an attractive younger female, you're going to fit right in at the club, at the store, wherever they happen to be. However, my downfall is that once you see me once, you'll remember my face. Um, I right. do have that look where you'll remember me. It doesn't happen often. But um, there is a reason, too, that I have done the transition. Hired employees. They're now taking care of most of that. If I do anything, I'll do the stakeouts so they'll, they'll never see me anyways. Or I'll do once in a blue moon, I'll do the undercover. But then when I do that, now there's like a list of restaurants I can't go to anymore and stuff. So it kind of like yeah. <laughs> kind of sucks. But um Besides that, um, it's okay. Like uh, corporate 
side when I'm meeting, you know, bosses, CEOs and stuff like that, and they're the macho men, they're a bit more narcissistic, egotistic, um, then it's always interesting or they'll always do the whole, you know, how you felt like I'm sizing you up. Well, they do that to me instantly as soon as I walk in. Um, But females tend to really appreciate hiring me because when I sympathize a lot more, I'm still nurturing, caring, like I still got the whole, you know, what we women tend to do when emotions are around but at the same time I also um I don't sugarcoat anything so I'm blunt I'm to the point but I have I don't know I'm a bit more real like if you call some of my competitors sometimes and I'll do that sometimes and I'll quiz them about certain things or if they do they'll you know almost cut me off They're like oh it's not you know you shouldn't be doing that you should call these people or no 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 like kind of just the rude almost they're so. dismissive because you're do you think they're dismissive because you're a woman I don't know. They don't know who I, who's calling. Ah. So um, so I don't That's know. That's so strange. But possibly. Or they just, they don't care. For me, this is, it's my life. It's my business. It's 24-7. I know for them, it's not, not necessarily all of them anyways. So it could be that also. Uh, I take pride in what I do. I take pride in training my staff. Um, my team is also like a family. So I treat my business like it's my own baby. Um, so that could be also, and it comes out too in what I do when I talk to people or the reports that they get at the end. So... I have to ask you about your own relationships now. Okay. Dating (laughs) and and then meeting somebody and then eventually the conversation is, so what do you do for a living, Ashley? What do you tell? What do you tell people? Do you lie? No. uh, No. Because if they check my Facebook, they'll know right away. (laughs) Now, do guys get scared or guys or girls get scared off by what you do when you start dating? Uh, Yes. So, um, (laughs) yes, it's it's. Kind of nice, though, to be honest, because it, it clears the weeds pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so the guys that tend to just be, like, really apprehensive at first, then I'm like, okay, well, you're questionable, so don't waste my time. Yeah. Um, which is nice. But others, like the ones that you don't really tend to have to have an issue with, well, they don't have an issue and they like it and they want to learn about it. They want it. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, that being said, because I work so much... <laughs> You know, the dating life is questionable. Social life is questionable in in general, but... um, Right. I got to know if you've ever investigated a guy you're dating or a girl you're dating. I knew you were going to ask that. I'm not sure why, but I... um, (laughs) No, I've never done that. Um, I have a strict policy with myself that if I'm not getting paid for it, I'm not doing it. Oh, that's a good policy. Yeah. Except when it comes to something. Yeah, exactly. But what if you... (laughs) for work. (laughs) Even if you suspected cheating or something was uh, fishy or tricky business, as my father would say, you wouldn't dig deeper? (laughs) No, I'd ask. And I'd kind of... But at that point, too, because I I know the whole how the intuition works and whatnot, then if you have that gut feeling, if you, you know, it has happened in the past, I have been cheated on. But at that point... You know, you're kind of, when you're in it, you're oblivious. You don't want to believe it. So Mm -hmm. I kind of separate myself from the PI in me and I become, you know, the normal Ashley. So, um, but no, I never have. And I don't foresee myself ever really looking into anybody. I don't want to know all of their secrets either. They can have their own. So, well, that's what you think. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, you'd have to be a big idiot to like cheat on a private investigator and think you were going to get away with it. I mean, and not think that you would, you know, you'd, you'd pick up on that vibe. You'd think. You would think, right? <laughs> but not everybody's the brightest light on the tree. I'm sure yeah, you know even, that better than anyone. Yeah. Even when you're in a relationship, if you're suspecting stuff of the other person, 
your relationship's already degraded to the point where there's no communication. So whether there's yeah. cheating or not, there's already a big enough problem that maybe you need to reevaluate it already. And you're questioning the trust there as well. So it's really at that point, what's what's left? So intense I'm just like I'm just so blown away by like your life and your existence and the fact that you follow people and you know people I I guess you probably know human nature better than anybody I studied it for a long time right uh, behavior as well the mind as well um and things that we do and I have my staff do it all the time as well as whenever we're bored or we've got some downtime we will literally just go and people watch and that's it. And you see how they react. And I'll also some of the training, I make them go out and just talk to random strangers and see how they, how they, their body language, how they act, how they react, what they say, how they feel when they're uncomfortable, um, just everything in general. So, yeah. Wow. You, Can you spot a liar? Generally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what wow. if you're looking at somebody and... Of course, you're asking them questions are going to be uncomfortable. What are the differences in behavior for somebody who is uncomfortable versus somebody who's lying? What are you looking for? So am I face to face? Yes. So generally, um, their eye contact is big as well. However, a liar will try to, as much as they always tend to look away, they'll try to hold an eye contact at an awkward stage. Oh, so they'll like kind of just see how you're reacting based on what they're saying. And then they almost have to reassure themselves of what they're saying. Um, Their arms could be like I talk with my hands. I'm very much French like that. I just always move my hands. But a liar will almost like close themselves in a little bit and then they'll start to believe their story and then go on with it. But if you start asking them more about their story or if you look at them in a way that you're kind of like not too, too sure about this, then they'll almost backtrack and then they'll try again another way to have you, you know, like they're 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 waiting for you to to buy in yeah they're interesting to listen to and then sometimes or you wait a little bit and then you ask another question on an answer that they've already answered and the answer is different so you're just like okay (laughs) like that's not making any sense at all but um yeah no their body language says a lot too if they start being uh nervous when they shouldn't be nervous or um if they can't hold eye contact at all that's also an issue um if they're fidgeting with stuff like a pen or a pencil their keys their cell phone if they keep looking at their cell phone while they're having a conversation with you as well um little things like that it's it's always like a red flag in my head if they're not able to have an actual person-to-person interaction then they're automatically suspicious to you. I saw somewhere that you can tell a person is lying to you based on the direction in which their eyes will turn. Yeah, so there are studies on that. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, Myself particularly because I tend to look in all directions based on what I'm thinking about or what. Right. I don't know why. Um, But I don't tend to look away if I am lying. And I don't know if it's because I'm trained. Yeah. I do the interviews and interrogation all the time. But... um, I don't tend to believe that. I think people are, um, we always more or less tend to look up to the top left anyways. So I think that it's just, I don't know, possibly I could be wrong. But I'm just, I'm trying to make eye contact with her, Hillary right now. So <laughs> is it awkward? <laughs> A little bit. 
But, you know, she said that she had sized me up already when she met me immediately. I mean, and it, that must be a curse almost in many ways because you know so much about human nature and the way people talk and lie and present themselves. I mean, you've seen probably the scummiest people on the planet, really, the worst in human beings yeah. and the best in human beings. You must It must be a curse to have to size people up every time you meet them, you know, and go, God, this person's a piece of crap or whatever it makes me feel really judgmental and i try not to judge people because you should never judge a book by its cover and some people do surprise me completely outright but um rarely (laughs) um but yeah no you're right i've seen the worst of people and i've seen the best in some people and it catches you off guard sometimes but it's um you can't you have to put your emotions aside especially on the job like if you see the worst of somebody somebody doing something that they just shouldn't be doing or you're questionable you you can't you just can't let your emotions override, or the woman in you, especially. You can't be like, okay, I gotta go stop this, or like, yeah. I gotta go do your something. Your husband's a jerk. I need to tell you now. <laughs> what is it like to have to like meet up with somebody after you found out all these terrible things about their spouse or family member, and how do you tell them in a way that doesn't just ruin them? Well, it does ruin them. Um, so, regardless how. And once again, this is where I'm blunt and I don't sugarcoat things. I tend to empathize a little bit, but when it's business, it's business. You're hiring me for a reason. Um, and before I move on with anything, I do pre- like I make sure to ask them, are you sure you want picture evidence? Are you sure you want video evidence? Do you not just want a confirmation? Are you sure you want this in writing? Like I need everything so that when the time comes that I have to deliver a report and I have to sit in front of them and tell them exactly what it is that happened, um, that they're not you know, dumbfounded that they're, it's not a surprise. Um, I do have some clients that prefer, you know, I don't want to see pictures. Just tell me, is it happening or is it not? If it is, okay, cool, I'll deal with it. But when I do have to tell them, I become a shrink instantly. They start bawling their eyes out. Yeah. Some get pissed off. Some And you have to console them, I would expect. Does anyone take it out on you? Not generally. Um, they react instantly as soon as they get the news or they get the information whatever the case may be but they know it's not my fault um they'll get more mad if we don't find them doing anything because they're so certain that they are but then it's like okay just because we went this weekend or last week and he didn't do anything or she didn't do anything doesn't mean that they won't next week so it really you know it's a question of the target as well but um no i love that they're called targets Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and it scares me, too. I'm not going to lie. That's like a scary word. They're the targets. Oh, yeah. Like target on their back. There. Exactly. Yeah. That's scary. I, you know, are you an optimist or a pessimist? I'm pretty optimistic. Despite what you've seen. Yeah. I don't like... Um, there, like infidelity cases and stuff like that, I can see why that could ruin your whole picture of uh, relationships and so on and so forth and make you a pessimistic in that side. So I have employees to do that, that stuff because I don't <laughs> want it to damper that. I'm an old soul. Like I love, like I'm very romantic. I love that kind of like that's and I, I want to stay that way. Um, same thing with businesses and corporate, you know, people I see employees ripping off their bosses all the time or, you know, uh, business partners ripping themselves uh, like each other off. So and I don't want that to ever happen to me in the future as well. So I stay optimistic. But um, yeah, I think you have to or else you become so negative And that's just shitty. <laughs> Absolutely. I just say it blows my mind that people are like that because it would never dawn on me to purposely rip off my employer, no matter how unhappy I was. Like, it just isn't something that would come across my mind. So, like, what do you think 
it is in these people that make them do such insidious things. Um, sometimes it's not always the employee that's at fault as much as they're the ones, you know, creating or doing a crime or whatever the case may be. Um, if the employer is not treating the employees right for a very long time or, you know, shooting out blank promises, um, to be fair, eventually somebody will retaliate. So in any business, even, you know, like big corporations now or cell phone companies or so on and so forth, uh, if they're not paying their employees right or if they're not giving the hours right, well, somebody's eventually going to steal a phone or, you know, create random contracts for their buddies without charging them or so on and so forth. So it really depends how you treat your employees for them not to retaliate back. I have a friend who fundamentally believes that people would behave badly and steal from their bosses and, and you know, do all this stuff the, if they knew they wouldn't get caught. Do you think that's true? I think some people, yes. Not everybody. I don't believe everybody has that in them. Um, I think I do believe, honestly, that some people are just good people that would not you know, even risk it. Knowing that they wouldn't get caught, I don't even think they would risk it. But nowadays, yeah, yeah, I can see a bigger majority of people doing it, for sure. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Ashley, if somebody was following you, would you know? Yes, I've actually caught somebody following Get out of here! <laughs> no! No! You, somebody's followed you? Like, the who? Yeah. <clears throat> a competitor? Um, an ex? A competitor. Yeah. Wants to know. And you, so wait a sec. I just, this is, this is so unexpected. I thought for sure you would say no to that and like you, that would never happen. Why would somebody follow a private investigator? So, that were, and so the tables were turned and that you, you were actually able to discover who was following you? Well, I confronted them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And what was, were they looking for? I, I don't know. Um, maybe they wanted to know who their competition was. Maybe they were using me as their training. I have no idea, to be honest, but, um, this is when I first first started the business. Uh, so it was, I guess, end of 2015, early 2016, right around Christmas. And uh, I was shopping, and I was in a store, a local store around here. And uh, there was a gentleman that I had seen. You know, I had parked my car, and I'm one of those people that I'll park my car and I'll stay in my ch- my car and text a little bit, and then I'll eventually get my things yeah, together. It's your and office, then, after all. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I'm in my car <laughs> right. longer than any human should be, and then I eventually get in the store. And when I shop, like there's no, I will start in the first aisle, end up in the 18th, and then go back to the third, and then like there's no, you know, logic to my madness there. <laughs> Especially in like stores like Giant Tiger and stuff like Let that, it where it's just it's a mess to begin with. That's so, right. You don't know where you're going. You just <laughs> no. go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's afraid. no like I'm, I'm not there for a particular reason things. either. So I'm just walking around, and then I notice that he's following the same kind of path as I am, and I'm like, this is interesting. And then he'll grab like random things Figure that have <laughs> really you don't picture like a man walking and like picking up a pair of slippers kind of thing. And of like, course it makes you no would sense. notice that, right? right. Like, yeah, you're not look, dumb. Yeah, he's not the guy. He doesn't look like a lawn ornament kind of guy. This is bullshit right now. In December, right? (laughs) Exactly. Something's fishy. So then eventually, like, I kind of purposely did a, uh, like, a loop around a specific aisle. And then I um, just stopped and I turned around and I looked at him and I just, like, waited. And he almost got, like, red at the face. And I was just like, I'm like, "Um, hi. And then he's like, hi. And then he's trying to, like, walk away. I'm like, so who do you work for? He's like, what? I'm like, so who do you work for? He's like, "Uh, I don't know what you're asking me. I'm like, well, you've been following me since before we even got to the store, so you might as well just tell me now or walk away and let me shop. And he eventually just put his stuff down and he left. And I'm like, wow. Anyways... (laughs) 
So I eventually later found out which company it was. But uh, yeah, I don't know why. So weird. That is so weird. It was I... interesting. It was. It made me um, laugh. I had to call my mom right after and be like, oh, you'll never guess what just happened. <laughs> so, cool. so your parents were in intelligence or whatever mm-hmm. that you can't say because it's a giant big secret. Uh, do they approve of your line of work? Yes, um, absolutely. They think it's cool. They love it. Um, they're very supportive. It was a huge risk, you know, leaving a secure job into starting my own company, of course. So they were hesitant at that point. But yeah, no, they love it. <laughs> they help me. I call them all the time sometimes when I need help or if I need, okay, like advice on something or like legal point of views as well. I'll be like, okay, if I really want to do this. Am I legally allowed to? Um, or uh, even if I'm like on surveillance and I've got too many things on the go, they'll be my map guys. So I'll be like, okay, I need you to check uh, yeah. this quadrant. Where am I right now? Can anybody be a private investigator? Or we, like if somebody came up to you and said, I really want to work for you. I have no PI experience. I, can I be a private dick? Do they say to private dick still? I get called that. Do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so old school 70s. Sorry, my ears just peaked. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said the D word. <laughs> <laughs> like I, pic- I picture like Magnum PI, you like running to your car, sliding over the hood, jumping in, and then like peeling away. Has that ever happened to you? I'd be in the ER real quick with a broken That's- leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. when, when I was in my twenties, a fun fact: I actually um, saw an ad in the newspaper for a private investigator looking for a photographer. They needed a camera person. I was going to apply, but then actually, I think I did call. But the schedule was so crazy, and I was in university. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to maintain the hours. But I was so intrigued by that lifestyle. Then I thought, ah, oh, I'm probably not subtle enough, you know. What You're are you way too for? loud. I know, right, Hillary. <laughs> Especially I slap people on the ass and call them sweet tits. It's not going to work out. Yeah, you'd be laughing in the aisle over at whatever she I know, was I shopping I for. Yeah, I know that's terrible. But like, are, when you meet somebody, like, are, do, can you be cut out for that business? Can you train someone to be in this business? Uh, so first off, they need their PI license now. It wasn't the case back then. It's been about ten odd years or now. You need to have a license. Um, but. Yeah, no. So I do interview when I hire people and they go through a process of training with me as well. There are some people that are just not cut out for it. They will never be cut out for it, whether it's they're not subtle enough. That does happen. Or they get too stressed out and nervous when they're following somebody or if they're like the afraid of getting caught feeling because your adrenaline's always kind of running. Um so, you know, or if they'll purposely lose somebody just so that they won't get caught, you know, vice versa. But when the look, um, a lot of my staff, I pride myself on having young staff as well because like the millennial type thing now. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I have all age groups and I make sure that the people that I hire, if I were to look at them, I would not suspect them of anything. Like I wouldn't, they wouldn't, it's not somebody that I would look at twice because I'd be like, Oh, they they must be up to something. Like they don't right. they don't draw you in that way. So I I like to have um, my my stuff, and like even when we go out and stuff like plain Jane. Like I like that nondescript. Like yeah, somebody, I was gonna yeah. say Sandra's yeah. too fancy. She's got too much sparkle to be a PI. You're too shiny too. Sorry, honey. <laughs> now I have a question. One more question. One uh, more question, and we'll wrap it up because I just ugh, I, I want, could go on yeah. forever. Me too. I actually could. Now, you say you don't carry a gun. How do you protect yourself? Um, okay, so I have, um, I always have a knife on me. I always have a blade. 
either in my purse, in my car, or wherever I am. I also have bear spray on me at all times, in my purse and in my car and whatever else as well. Um, I have boxing background and jiu-jitsu background, so I'm pretty I'm pretty content should something happen hands-on. Um, besides that, you just hope nothing happens. My purse could be a weapon on its own. It's pretty heavy, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most women I could use their purses yeah. as a weapon. Yeah. I love that you could kick the shit out of people. I don't know why, but that's exactly what I thought would be you'd be with your little Charlie's Angels pose. But don't mess with her, Hillary. I would not mess with it. If I saw you in a dark alleyway, I'd be scared. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I'm like 5'5 five, five and 110 pounds. I'm not scary from far. Yeah, but from close. You could just knife me and leave me for dead. <laughs> but I wouldn't. But she wouldn't. No, oh. you, like you are, you are so delightful, Ashley. I'm so happy that I met you in that bathroom that one time. <laughs> And like, again, she is, she, we talked about, you know, surprising people, what, what she does for a living. When I later found out she was a private investigator, I really was like, what are you talking about? That gorgeous woman I saw in the bathroom has been probably staking me out all night. That's crazy. There's too many people that night. I was just, yeah. Did you grab her and call her sweet tits? <laughs> You can tell her. Come I should have. I totally should have. <laughs> she would have jujitsued you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I won't now, Hillary. That's for damn sure if I ever see her. Now, um, Ashley, if somebody wants to hire you, how do they find you? They can find me on Facebook. Uh, they could, well, my website, she said it, Which privateyeottawa.com. One more time? Privateyeottawa.com. Awesome. Yeah, they can call me, email me, um, send me a message on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Google. You're pretty easy to find for a private private <laughs> investigator, I should say. Yeah, I put myself out there for work. So. Absolutely, as yeah. you should. You, I, I just, I love talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming. I really, I, it's. I'm almost afraid now that like when I drive home, I'm going to be looking around me now and I feel like I've never been alert in my life before. You know what I mean, Hillary? <laughs> You'll Let's have a face GPS it. on your truck. Your husband, Tim, is too lazy to hire a private eye. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you. Talk dirty to me. And that concludes another episode of The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. Special thanks to our guest... Ashley Sear, private investigator extraordinaire. You heard all her details, privateyeottawa.com. If you have any questions uh, you have for us uh, and you don't want to go through Ashley to stake us out or anything like that, which we'd appreciate, <laughs> you can. Uh, you can email us at quick. No, what's her email? It's thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. I should know this, right? It's thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you missed last week's podcast, you can check it out. We post them all up at Quick and Dirty Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us there, find out what we're up to. And uh, coming up next week, oh, we're going to dig in real deep on this one. We are going to talk to a millennial about online dating. That's actually where I met my significant other, so I might have a little... uh, a little bit to say on this subject as well. I haven't been in the dating world for 24 years, so I have a lot of questions. <laughs> well, you never know when the opportunity might arise. That's right. <laughs> That's next week on The Quick and the Dirty.